0: We just have to be careful as Christians that we don't model ourselves after the gift and forget to go after the one that is Elijah. So if you're an Elisha, the upcoming generation, and you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you better find yourself an anointed Elijah, not someone that you think is the most gifted popular communicator to stand with that has a big following because they manipulate the social media system. That
1: doesn't help. No one writes letters anymore. Am I right? I mean, texts, emails. Yeah, that's, that's all good. But you know what? There's something about getting a letter just for you. Don't you miss those days? Well, my misfit friend, I have good news for you. Today's guest has not just one, but a whole book full of love letters just for you. And she's here to talk to me about that. Oh, and I'm thinking so much more today. Her name is Sherry Rose Shepherd, And aside from being an international conference speaker and mentor, she's also the author of a bunch of books, including the one we're here to talk about called His Princess Every Day, a devotional. Um, So before we say any more, because I I know we have lots to talk about today, Sherry, I just want to welcome you. We're so glad to have you here on the Isle of Misfits.
0: And I want to say how proud I am of you for stepping into your calling and your purpose and helping us realize that we're all misfits because we're not of this world, right? Exactly. So I always feel like we're <laughs> not fitting in. So you're doing a beautiful ministry and I'm honored to be on your podcast today.
1: Well, I'm so honored to have you. And, you know, already, I just sense that, that there's really something special about this conversation. And we haven't even really had it yet. But, but um, just from getting to know you from these few moments before we hit the record button, um, <clears throat> I'm just sensing that, that there's something special today. So, um, in fact, I, I kind of want to get right to it. So you you have, you know, you have this book, and and we have to talk a little bit about this book. You wrote this devotional called His Princess Every Day, um, and I, I kind of alluded to Love Letters. So let's start there. So why Love Letters?
0: Well, first of all, the His Princess Love Letters book is one million sold in 33 languages. And I just get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails that say could you please write a yearly devotional? Like, I don't want just the 90 love letters in this book. I want more. I want to do this as a daily devotional. So that's where the inspiration came for even writing this book, was doing that. But the reason why love letters is because the first commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, all your mind, all your strength. So if you can get that love locked in, That is the first and the greatest commandment. How do you love an invisible God? How does an invisible Heavenly Father become like a real father to you where you have that relationship? And then what if you had a damaged relationship with your father or no father at all? How do you see God as a Heavenly Father that loves you, right? Right. So the foundation is based on the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. So when I do the scriptural love letters and then add the scripture and then I add the declaration so you can speak life to yourself at the end of each day after you read the little love letter devotion, it just takes basically the scripture into a love letter form that makes it personal for you so you understand that God loves Wow, he loves me personally. Like this word, this word is living and active. And it's for me, like, I can't believe this word is actually for me. And when people get that, I think that's when everything changes for your foundation. Because head knowledge, see, that's what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your might and all your strength, right? So you can love God by knowing you should with your head. Or you can know the word inside and out, but never receive the revelation that he actually loves you personally, yeah. like just you, you and him. So when I wrote his princess, the first one, seventeen years ago, of course I wasn't expecting it to. <laughs> seventeen years later, it still sells three to ten thousand copies a month. It's the number one backlisted book right now with Random House. <laughs> like how in the world? But I know why, because people buy cases and cases of it and give it to their daughters and their friends and their Bible studies because they know that if a woman is loved, you know how a woman lights up when she feels loved?
2: Mm -hmm. It is crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She
0: looks different. Life's easier for her. Everything goes different when she's loved. It's really special when you know you're loved. But it is really hard to transfer that with an invisible God, and especially if you're watching the news and you're wondering where God is, or especially if someone you love hurt you, then then you're filtering, your filter's dirty, and it isn't cleaned with the living water of the Word and the living water of His love. It's filled with the hurt of this world trying to find a Heavenly Father, and it's just not going to happen until you can clear that filter. So as the women read these letters, it starts to wash away, if you will, the dirty filter of the word, I mean, of the world with the word, and then the word becomes real to them, and then their relationship with God becomes real.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's a total game changer what you're talking about, because it's, like you said, it's from head knowledge. Well, yeah, this is true, and I, and I even believe that it's true, but it's one thing to read something or to acknowledge, yeah, that's true, but it's true for you me. You know what it's like? It's true for me. For
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Us women, okay, you're married, let's say you're married, and you have a husband, and your husband, you, he told you he loved you on your wedding day. And you know by head knowledge okay. he loves you, but he never yeah. says he loves you. Yeah. And he may even show you he loves you, but he never says it. And just like God shows you, us, he loves us every day with every breath we take, with provision, with food, with uh, those timely friends that you took for granted, uh, the accident you missed that day, I and mean, we could really take right. a list on the invisible blessings we never see,
2: right. and
0: it could even be that way in a marriage with a husband, and then, but if you don't hear the words, you don't hold hands, you don't hug, you don't kiss, you don't do things you enjoy together, then you have the head knowledge that I have a really good friend that I'm married to that we're at home, but I don't really have those feelings of love. But feelings, you know, people always go, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to your feelings. There's 2000 references in the word of God to the emotions of God. Well, whose image were you created in? Exactly. God. Exactly. So a lot of people, what they try to do is keep it in their head because, oh, I can't let my feelings control me. True. Never let your feelings control you. But do you not experience the feelings of the... It's like saying, I'm going to watch the rest of the movies that I see for the rest of my life without the music soundtrack because I don't want to feel the movie. I just want to watch it. Right. And that's and exactly, where people yeah. are in their faith.
1: Sure. Right. and our, Yeah, and our feelings really are... They're, they're indicators of what's going on inside of us. So they may not be the truth, but they tell us what we believe about the truth. And that's really important. Well, no, I was-
0: I actually had a different angle on that. Yes, that is true. Very true what you're saying. But what I mean is the feelings I'm talking about are the feelings of a music soundtrack in a movie.
2: Right. The
0: good feelings. Meaning, yeah. uh, it's like when you hear a great worship song and you can just feel the presence of God and your emotions begin to bask in it. I'm, the teaching you're talking about is, very, is also accurate. You don't let your feelings stick to you. But not all feelings are indicators or lies because if you watch something on the news, it's going to trigger something that may not be true at all or an indicator mm-hmm. at all. It just messed with your mind mm-hmm. and it transferred into your feelings of fear, if you will. But as far as like that, but what's happening is we are desensitizing ourselves even to each other because of text messages instead of real letters, instead of, you know, not eye to eye contact. People sit at males are looking at their phones and don't connect. So the disconnect is so intense right now and the loneliness and suicide is higher than ever. Because people are stopping themselves from feeling and then they're in depression and one in two people now are on an antidepressant.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so there's a beautiful way to navigate feelings. I I agree with you. Feelings can never be something that rules you, but they are designed to let you feel life to its fullest. Oh yeah. Food without taste beds
1: exactly so yeah so i think maybe i was trying to say two different things that um, were yeah right. They're both so true. Both yeah true. they are both true and yeah and because i actually do agree with you um even though i went on that little rabbit trail that you know we yeah we can't let our feelings dictate but but god gave us these emotions for a purpose and everything that god gives us for his glory we know that there, there's an assault right there's an assault on on yes. god-given emotions on on all of it and oh there's so many directions we could go in right now because what you just said about you know just even interacting with each, with each other we don't know how to do that anymore. Uh, although we crave it, right? We we crave those interactions. We crave to even you know th- the whole idea of a letter of knowing that we're important, of knowing who we are, and the subject of identity. And I know that's that's a subject that's kind of being talked and talked and talked about right now because. I think you know it's it's so prevalent in our culture we don't we don't know who we are so we're trying to create who we are um, and and yet we're still lost Um, so here here you are talking about what is it that makes us valuable that's step one you know what is it that we base our identity so let's start there because I think there's even more more once we establish that
0: well, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, think the first thing I probably want to say regarding that is value, and you've already heard this by a million other speakers, but it's true, isn't in what you do, it's in who you are. So, right. like, let me give you some examples. You'll, like, let's say you're spending your whole life trying to find your purpose. And you think your purpose is because you're an excellent musician, your purpose, you must be a worship leader. But you have no desire to leave people into God's presence, you're just really crafted well and talented
1: well. But there's
0: no um, power in a gift, there's only power in anointing. Hmm. So the way that you find your first value is you gotta pay attention to what breaks you. So if I cannot, like example, even before I was a Christian, I'm Jewish, and I became a Christian at 24. But even before I was a Christian, I was naturally inclined to encourage people. I couldn't help but encourage people. If I saw someone that needed to be untangled from a mess they believed or needed encouragement, I found so much joy in encouraging them. And I was really generous as a non-Christian. I made a lot of money when I was younger as owning a production company. I gave it all away and I wasn't even saved. So, and this is where you get into trouble, world then people say, someone like myself would say, I'm just a little side note here for those of you trying to witness things to non-Christians, I would say to you back then, in my 20s, well, why do I need God? I am generous. I am kind. Mm-hmm. I do this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. And, yep. and Because we don't, and maybe, and there are a lot of people that really do have a heart for humanity that are not Christians. Sure. And then there's a lot of Christians that are really mean and judgmental, and they have got head knowledge of the Word, and they use it to spank everybody and not change and transform themselves into being mm-hmm. like Christ.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: you do have that. But the difference is the purpose. So here's the difference. I want to answer this question because it's something people for everybody that they're trying to witness to. You tell those people what someone told me. The difference is when I do something kind and lovely and I'm not a Christian, guess who it points to? Me. So when I die, there's no legacy of faith because people are just sad I'm gone. I didn't change anything but their circumstance that day. But when I do something in the power of God, and, they get point, and it points to God, then God gets to them, and then they go back to what we're talking about, go back to their purpose, because then they go, wow, when God uses me, it's eternal. When I use me, it's just earthly moments,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and no one's permanently changed. So in answer to your question, the value, the value comes when you start operating and not what it, operating in what a what breaks you, and b when you really start living for an audience of one. It doesn't have to be that complex. We make it complex by listening, watching, and things that we shouldn't be watching. There's nothing difficult about following Christ. It's a very simple message. What makes it difficult is what's difficult isn't following Christ. What's difficult is riding the fence. You get right splintered Oh in yeah. 50.
1: Oh, I've often, so often said that,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the difficulty does not come from following Christ. He says, my burden is light, and my yoke is easy. Right. And the other difficulty is, decide the voices you're going to let to speak, and don't let any others. Because Jesus silenced a lot of people. Nice people have a bad habit of not wanting to interrupt people and not wanting to walk away when they're telling them something that's polluting or poisoning them. And mm-hmm. that's not nice. Faithful people do what jesus did i'm sorry that Mm. i don't want to hear that right now i don't want to hear that tragic story or that's not from the lord or that is not aligned with the word and they're okay with offending people because they follow christ
2: Mm.
0: so if if you follow christ then you're gonna if you say you're a christian you're a follower of christ not a follower of christians so Mm. you're not a follower of paul you're a follower of christ if i say i am a christian i'm a follower of christ i'm a disciple of christ so everything that we do if you want to find your value has to be what did Jesus do? Not what would he do? If you're asking what he would do, you're probably in a bad situation that you shouldn't be in anyway. But mm-hmm. what did Jesus do? Well, this is how he reacted to this, this and this. How did he react to people that want to debate the Bible? Oh wait, he didn't. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: right i don't know if that helps but it just you'll find your value when you stop letting all the voices in that don't like just think about joseph he had a dream he shouldn't have told his brothers
1: (laughs) right oh my gosh yeah i was just talking about that with someone the other day with people that believe in you (laughs) yes yes oh my goodness so so yeah and okay now i'm gonna i'm just gonna back up i'm okay I'm writing like crazy as you're talking because here you know one of the things that you said you know there's no power in a gift it's power in anointing i want to back up and go to that because i think i know what you mean when you say that there's some people listening now that they're tracking and then i know there's people listening like what on earth does she mean by that a gift versus an anointing can you talk a little more about
0: that sure Sure. Okay. The first thing, I'm also a coach. I coach speakers and authors. Um, The ones that I know are anointed, meaning called that are committed. Um, But what they say to me, how do I know if I did a good job? Okay. Let's say they're on a stage. I'm talking about, and first I'll go there, then I'll go to You know, because anointing has nothing to do with the stage. But the one thing I can, actually, let's take the stage away. Veto that. If, you're, if you want to know the anointing, it points to God, not to you. So example, when I was talking to you prior to this conversation, you said you have no idea how much God is speaking to you. And I said, it doesn't matter as long as you hear it, right? right
2: you knew right. that that
0: conversation we had was anointed. Now I could be a gifted communicator all day long. That's not going to change your life. That's just going to have you go, wow, Sherry's a really gifted communicator. So what? I didn't yep. change anybody's life. You're just mm-hmm. looking at me. That's yep. not anointing. That's a gift. A gift changes other people's lives and points to God, excuse me, right. an yep. anointing. A gift, like if you have a, a gifted worship leader, you, uh, your focus really isn't on God. Your focus is on, oh my word, they are so good. Did you hear that song? Her voice, his voice is through the roof. But if you hear someone like a Kem Walker, you're like, oh my word, I fell over in the presence of God just listening to right. that song, healing oil. You see, that's an anointing. Yeah. So yeah. we just have to be careful as Christians that we don't model ourselves after the gift and forget to go after the one that is Elijah. So if you're an Elisha, the upcoming generation, and you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you better find yourself an anointed Elijah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not someone that you think is the most gifted popular communicator to stand with that has a big following because they manipulate the social media system. That doesn't help.
2: Oh, like oh, with his princess.
0: Just, with his princess. Keep
2: talking. With
0: his, yeah, I just cut off half your mentors.
2: Okay, and oh, the no, thing,
0: no. It's so good. So good. Good. Praise God. And that's yeah. what I want to tell you. And, and his princess, my publisher got sold, you know, in the middle of his princess coming out. There has never been one minute of marketing put into his princess. I just launched the first podcast reading love letters three days ago, and it's not even up yet. And my point is, His Princess, a million sold, 33 languages, with not one marketing dollar put in it. That's anointing. And I'm not saying that to boast myself, because I can't boast, right? How can I mm-hmm. boast if it didn't go big because of nothing I did or a publisher mm-hmm. did?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So when it won the Book of the Year in 2010, I couldn't even, I didn't even go to take the award. I'm mm-hmm. like, why would I go take that award? I didn't even do anything. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit just blew through my blonde air hole onto the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Oh, and also, oh, if you're believable. walking in
0: an anointing, it's effortless. Mm-hmm. It's warfare, like nobody's business in the natural, in the supernatural warfare. But it's effort. It's like a uh, oh, let me help you. Great warfare, David and Goliath, because it's mm-hmm. like, heck yeah, Satan! I know who I am. I know what my purpose is. The anointing's going to break the yoke, and I don't care what you bring against me. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. The other is a worn out warfare that your grace meter is up. You're not surrounded, and God's saying, you don't have the right people around you could be one reason, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Someone comes in that's not the Lord and steals your joy, guess what they steal? Your strength. So pay attention to the exhilarating grace of God and the exhausting false grace of Satan. The the
1: false grace. Okay. We got to talk about that for a second.
0: Okay. The let's talk about fake grace. Fake grace ever. Okay. Now we'll circle back to emotions then.
2: Okay. Emotions
0: okay. are fake grace. The fakest grace ever. I feel it. If you come to me and say you feel something, I'm not going to walk with you.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> but if you say, oh my word, when I was at that event, I felt the presence of God. My emotions were just filled with joy. That's wonderful. That's God. There's proper use of emotions. But if you're feeling, I feel like doing a podcast. I know I'm supposed to do a podcast. I know that God used this pain for a purpose and other people are with me. That's you. You're the anointed one. You heard from God. You got it. He, and it, what's so cool is you knew it because he gave you a name. He dropped mm-hmm. the name in your spirit too. How cool is that?
1: I, I think it's worth just camping out here for a second because it, it is such a it can be such a fine line, like you said, well I feel the presence of God and yeah, that's good and that's real. How do you how do you discern the difference between well I feel the presence of God and my emotions, you know, that they're they're in line with the Holy Spirit Spirit versus Well Super easy you know, I, I think I feel like I need to do this.
0: Super easy. Your feelings now back to feelings, they right. never dictate your purpose. Yeah. Ever. Feel has nothing to do with it. Commitment and grace have everything to do with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you're, if you're basing everything on your feel, that's why it's so funny. I heard a pastor say it, perfect. Why do we say, if you feel led, that's the stupidest thing anybody's ever said. If you mm-hmm. feel led, that's like saying to your kids who said, well, if you feel led to do your homework, then you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If you feel led to work out, then you better go on. If you feel led to read your Bible, that word feel led should be
1: deleted
0: from the Christian
1: language. oh my gosh that reminds me of an old Keith Green thing if you remember him like he's like oh we just yes. didn't feel led to feed the hungry you know yes. Yeah, yeah, it I wasn't know, our ministry the yeah. thing yeah. I've
0: never heard. hey if there's a need in front of you and you have time to meet it and you're broken for it and then the other thing is um, the reason why a lot of people have lost their faith in God and, and their faith in prayer is this other example God showed me so you and I um, are walk- going to lunch together and we walk by uh, Mama with her baby, and they're, they're on the streets, and they don't have money for food. So we walk by, and we we even pray with them, and we, and we walk, and we cry. And it's just, oh, man, I'm so broken for that. And then we go to lunch. Do you know that one of the reasons why you know it's not your purpose, if you, I mean, you're missing your purpose. Do you know that tears, when you are moved by the feelings that God gave you of compassion, and you don't do anything about it, all you did with your tears is release your conscience for not doing anything about it and didn't help anybody.
1: That's oh, preach that one. Yeah, right. Right. Not right. at all. Yeah. All you do is
0: use your tears to release your conscience so you don't have to deal with how that other mama feels that can't feed her baby. But if you are doing your calling and you're looking for value, then you would not pray with them you would go get lunch to go you would bring it back with your friend you would sit with them value them as a human and give them the lunch then you'd Mm -hmm. pray over them Mm
2: -hmm. now you've
0: been jesus jesus didn't pray for zacchaeus he went to his house and Mm -hmm. had a meal with him says i stand outside the door to knock if you will open i'll come in and dine with you meaning have an intimate meal with you spiritually emotionally
1: Wow, yeah. I mean, so you just... That, your, tears
0: yeah. your tears are useless if they're just to release you.
1: Well, you just... Yeah, you just described half of social media, right? All of our uh, our social media worry, warrior mm-hmm. posts that, you know, I'm going to show the world how much I care by venting my conscience so but that's so but oh my gosh so very convicting and and we've all had those moments when we know the holy spirit has moved us to to go and to do and to go beyond well yeah just either feeling bad or like you said so those are great barometers those are great metrics i think to to be able to discern you also talk about I think you may have mentioned this a moment ago, but I also, I, I caught a little bit of your podcast, and I want to talk about your your website and some other things in a second here. On this subject, to me anyway, it's all dovetailing, of identity, of purpose, of even the voices that you just alluded to, you know, having s- voices in our lives. I'm going to quote you to you. You say, no one can define you without your permission, but if you continue to give the people around you the power to tell you who you are, you will miss the opportunity to reign in the confidence of the Lord. So to me, this is this is dovetailing because you're, you know, this is more than just, okay, well, I need to know who I am for my purpose. So like everything we're talking about is who is our life pointing to? Is this, does this begin and end with me so that I can feel good about myself? Or is this about bringing glory to God, and how can we bring glory to God if we're listening to everyone and everything but His voice?
0: Okay, Ask me, ask me exactly what you're wanting to know.
1: Let's talk about uh, the voices that we listen to.
0: Um, okay, there's a the trilogy, yeah. there's your voice in your head, there's God's voice, and there's the devil's voice. So you've got a trilogy voice going. The, and then the other thing that just really came to me was you wouldn't need a bunch of people's validation and voices when you know what your is. you didn't have you didn't see any of the disciples can you confirm my calling you didn't see any Jesus saying I need you to confirm my calling Mm
2: -hmm. when you are
0: born again and you have an immediate call but let me relieve about a million word this is like in my opinion Satan's biggest um way of keeping you out of your purpose I'm waiting on the Lord if I should move, to. I'm not, I'm just, I'm a human talking scenario. I'm waiting on the Lord to see if I should go to Ohio or Texas to serve God, if I could go to this church or that church, if I should go here or there. Let me relieve your gut. God doesn't care at all. He cares who's in the center of where you are,
1: not Mm. where you go center and of where you are not where you not are where that's great gone. that's so great yeah.
0: if you if i decide to take i you know i get when i get speaking engagements god which one should i go to now he i i don't have to i won't walk through every door of an engagement request but my point is god doesn't care <laughs> he really doesn't he cares that i go with him now if he doesn't want something to happen you know the word he stops it yep But, but if you were a father or a mother and you asked your child, you gave them the opportunity for three colleges to attend and they got three invitations, we're praying which one, the child can do any one he wants. He got given three invitations. God only cares that he's with him. The door's already opened. And also the other reason why we're confused is because we refuse to pray the right prayer when we do want to go somewhere. You know the word how it says God opens doors no man can shut and he shuts doors no man can open? That should be your prayer on where you go. God, I want to go here, but your word says you open doors no man can shut, this door appears to be open, and you close doors that no man can open. God I pray that if there's some reason I'm not supposed to go there, then close the door so tight it can't be opened.
1: Mm-hmm that is a good prayer and i have that's now yeah i've prayed that prayer yes and i it's just so amazing because part of my story of the last several years we actually did find ourselves okay should we move and and we we did go to a different location and exactly what you said it's you know in the midst of that learning that what's more important is that god is in the center not not even necessarily the location the location he used and it was it was wonderful and it was challenging and it was all of the above but in the end it was it was learning that wherever we are that's exactly. we you know we carry jesus that in him we live and move and have our being here there anywhere and if that's Amen. the most important thing because what does then, it yeah. say
0: Speak me uh, commit your plans to me and they will right. Right, well, what right. you need to know is not where you should go. You should be asking a different question. Lord, what does it take to commit your plans to you? Right. That's the question. Instead of studying where, 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 me, 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 right. what, 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 it should be God. You say commit your plans to you. What does that look like? How do I commit this plan to you, Lord? What areas oh, yeah. of your life is not commit? What areas of this plan is not committed to you? What people are sitting at the table that aren't part of this purpose, this vision that you've given me?
1: Yeah, That's and you keep
0: this is yeah. what we should be seeking. People and, seek way too much where instead of what they should be how do they bring God in the center. What do they do to bring God in the center? That should be the question.
1: So we're asking where when often we should be asking what and you kind of keep coming back to this. Yeah, and how, what and how. But also, um, let's talk about who because you've come to this a couple of times. Like having people in our lives that may or may not be a part of our calling or you know i don't want to take this out of context but what i'm hearing because i've heard you say mentioned this a couple of times that it's really important to pay attention to who we are allowing to to speak into our vision well, and a, our purpose and there's a yeah.
0: trilogy there too there's yeah. a trilogy there too and that is you've got jonah's which are have a calling on their life and you have a calling on your life but if they're on your boat you both go down because you aren't a part of each other's calling but you're still part of god's kingdom right. and a lot of times we don't want to say goodbye to that or throw the person overboard but that God's saying if you'll throw them overboard they can swim and i can get them where they belong and you can get you where you belong or you can both go down trying to please each other and not wow. hurt each other's feelings okay they're right. number one then you've got peter's yeah. people that love you peter love god's so so loved Jesus so much. He says he he says he, he was the one he bragged. I'm the one that Jesus loved. You know he just had this love relationship for his Savior. But in the same moment that he says you're going to build the rock on the church, you have heard from God's very next sentence out of the love of your life, you might have a mom, a dad that believes in you, a husband, a child, a friend. But the but they're talking from their feelings for you, not the word of God. And so they're talking for what they want for you, and not knowing how to navigate you. So Peter says, to him, no, you're not going to the cross, and in the very next sentence, get behind me, Satan, and then he tells Peter, you are thinking of things from a human perspective, and I am moving from a heavenly perspective, and I can't let you break my focus. Now, what I would say with those people that love you, they don't leave your life, but you don't go to them for your purpose. You just let them love you. You don't go to people that love you that are going to give you lovely things that aren't the Lord, because it's going to keep you feeding your flesh and keep you out of your calling. Mm -hmm.
2: So it's very
0: important that you find again, I'm going to circle back here is that you need a Moses. If you're an Aaron, you need an Elijah. If you're an Elisha, you need someone, it says older women, mentor younger women. You need someone that you look to them and go, uh, it even says imitate your leaders faith. In other words, Look to the people that live the life that you want to live with the passion you want to live it, and that's who you would want to speak into your life. And you don't want to go to a hundred different voices because you're going to confuse yourself and all you're going to do is stay spinning and you're going to talk about your purpose your whole life and go home to be with the Lord and never live in it because you spent too much time talking about it instead of being quiet and letting God talk to you, instead of paying attention to who actually catches your vision and who actually knows how to coach you to get there.
1: So what you're saying is that we need an Auntie Rose in our lives. <laughs> so, yes, um yeah was yeah. You <laughs> do that. And your Auntie Rose I adopted <laughs> you
0: before the show. You didn't I even mean oh,
1: need one. Oh my Auntie gosh. Do you think you do? Uh I, you know I'll say it. I'm going to say it for the record. Uh yeah. I think I think I do. Uh, Misfits, you're my witness, but yeah, I mean <laughs> and what and I mean and this is true for everybody. So I'm not committing you to everybody, but what you're saying is so timely not just for me but i'm hearing it all over the need for mentoring and the need for people not just to tell you as you say like what you want to hear because oh i love you and i don't you know i want to protect you or or like you said you know or yeah
0: i don't think that love i think that they can tell you what you want to hear and help you i think your mom and your everybody can encourage you and they should you need encouragement the bible actually says come up with creative ways to stir each other in the gifts and encourage each other in your gifts. So I don't think that, I want to say more like this, okay, I had a situation that I made right and my friend said to me with all good intentions, like Peter, you know what, now that person in your family will come around. And I said, please don't say that because you don't know that. Hmm. All I can do is the right thing, but I can, my doing the right thing doesn't manipulate the other person doing the right thing. It gives me peace. Right, And it gives me the freedom to move on. But it doesn't right. mean your ex-husband is going to come back to you because you did the right thing. It doesn't mean your child's going to return to you because you did the right thing in the time when you think. Because there's a million stories of Christians that were the best parents ever, including God being the best parent ever, and Adam and Eve still disobeyed.
2: Yeah. So yeah. you
0: just have to be really careful that, with good intentions. I wouldn't say to you, you know what, if you do this then I know God's going to open that door. I don't know that. I don't know that yeah. at
2: all.
1: Yeah, and I and I think... You're going yeah. to be
0: peaceful and anointed and walk into purpose, and you're not going to be confused.
1: But yeah, right, and right. I think that's an important distinction, and I'm glad that you made it, because yes, it is God's will. These things, you know, God's will is that everyone be saved. God's will is ultimately Amen. that we'll be in His presence and whole and healed and all of that. But in this world, as you say, you know, not everything is dependent on me. I, I cannot... Right. I can't cross somebody else's free will. And um it's so funny because my husband was just encouraging somebody even yesterday along the same lines, trying to encourage them to take heart, um, to do the right thing and we don't know how this is going to turn out. But we, we know that, that yeah. the right thing yeah. gives them peace. Right. the right. right thing, exactly
0: understanding right with God. Exactly. It, it the next right thing, one hard choice at a time. The next thing you know is like whether that situation fixes itself or not. You're all of a sudden in your new life going, wow, how did I get here? How did I get here? Because I just came out of four years that no one would want to walk through, and I I have chosen not to give the devil one minute of what he tried to do in the last four years, but he destroyed everything I loved while I was fighting cancer and about took me out. And what God showed me, I said, well, God, this is the first time that I'm going to go back out, and now these doors are opening everywhere. And I can't share this story because I know I don't want to give Satan one minute of victory or I don't want to give him any attention. He loves when we talk about his works. That's his favorite thing in the world, mm. when we talk about his works. He, he just You could just see demons going, yes, look, at. instead of talking about God, instead of praying, I get to make her or him relive this pain over and over and over again because they keep talking about what I did through these people, and he loves that. God's going, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, for I'm doing a new thing. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back and die. Go forward. Know that that like Joseph, what they intended for your harm, I will use for your good. That's all good. That's all God, and that brings healing to everything in your atmosphere, inside of you and around you, whether the other people change or not.
1: Exactly. Exactly, and that's where our pieces, as you say, just circling During back to... Doing the next right thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's one mm-hmm. minute
0: at a time. When you're hurting, the right thing might be stay home all day and cry out to God. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and respect your seasons of suffering, whoever's listening right now. If you're in a season of suffering, I took a four-year sabbatical. If you're in a season of suffering... And I am coming back out stronger and more anointed than I've ever been in my life. I've already written four books in the last six months. And it's because I took and respected when I had an elderly, wise leader say to me, God loves you too, Sherry Rose. This is not your season to go minister to others. This is your season to let people minister to you and only put people in your private quarters right now because you're so broken that can come do for you what you've done for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And when I heard, God loves you too, and that my season of suffering will have an expiration date, but right now, that is the season I was in. And it's interesting, after a couple of years sabbatical, I did one Facebook Live and 18,000 people joined me in five minutes. And they Mm -hmm. were watching, is she going to walk away from God when her husband walked away from her? Mm -hmm. Is she going to walk away from God, you know, and all the things that I walked through that were tragic and they were on top of each other and all the people that know me and believe me said you're in a season of job and i believe he is going to restore you to out you know i have over 140 visible tumors in my lymphatic system that are starting to go down
2: Hmm.
0: everything like i literally walked job but the wisdom on my tongue and the things that god has birthed out of it and the deeper healing that took place in all of that from all the way back to my childhood i would do it again Hmm. i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but i would do it again because i now know like job i have experienced him for myself
1: yeah and that's that's what kind of brings us back to even the beginning of our conversation is it's one thing to know the truth oh i read that that sounds good i like that but no it's it's true for me it's true for you because you have a personal god who knows you by name and who has written these love letters to you and and it's not just that it's a feel-good thing it's it is the truest thing it is the deepest part of who you are yeah it is the core yeah. of your being and it's bigger it's bigger than you and it's bigger than me and that's why unless yeah. our lives are pointing to him it's it's for not mm. it's if it might feel good in the moment but we were created for something so much bigger than ourselves to bring glory to God right it was Ar- Arrhenius and it does that said feel yeah good to yeah, bring
0: glory to god yeah.
1: like, yes it absolutely great. it I does feel, but it doesn't I mean, end it, it there actually, yeah it actually
0: feels better yeah. than even yeah. when you bring glory to yourself cuz you got this like, double double portion blessing like wow the god of the universe used me to change that person's world so it's right. the most beautiful reward from god that gives you that eternal joy, as opposed to that, look at me joy.
1: Exactly, yeah, because that's, you know, and you're right, that feels good in the moment, but it begins and ends there, but what you're talking about, you get the joy, you get the feeling, you get all the feels, right, as it were, but it it doesn't end there. It, it it's eternal and it goes on and it goes on and it and it and it goes beyond us. It goes to the next person and the next person and the next person. And Sherry, I just want to talk to you for oh, you know, I don't know how many more hours you have, but I know you have a life to lead and probably other people well, to talk to. I feel
0: led to close with three things. Okay. I want to apologize to these women and men, whoever's listening, to any Christian when you are walking through a crisis that said to you these words: Please forgive them. And let me tell you, as Auntie Rose, they are not true. When someone comes up to you, when your kid was killed or raped or something happened, you lost your husband, your husband walked out, and they made a Christian cliche answer: "God will never give you more than you can
2: handle." Mm, that oh boy, scripture oh is yep.
0: not that scripture is not about your suffering. It is about temptation. It's about those that are That's in rebellion right. that That's walk right. into temptation. He will not give you more temptation than you can handle. That he will not make a way of escape. So, for those people that gave you a cliche answer when your husband left you, Jesus will be your husband. Please know that wasn't God. None of their answers. God never meant for a Christian to give you a scripture in the context of a Band-Aid. He meant for Christians to give you comfort. Those people that didn't mean any harm, they're just in a hurry and they're thinking about their life, but they should have said nothing. They should have mm-hmm. given you a hug, they should have prayed with you, they should have cried with you, they could have should have said, what do you need? And I want to also say, be very careful, whoever's listening right now, when God has brought you through something, and then people come out of the context of curiosity, so tell me what did happen with your blank, whatever that blank is. You do not answer that question, ever here's what you say I'm telling you with Auntie Rose you say would you mind if I don't relive that or repeat the devil's work mm-hmm. because curiosity is why we're all going to die yep, she was the curious and yep. they see Apple so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very very important that when you are ministering to someone in a season of suffering don't ask them any personal questions it's not your business ask them how can I help what can I do What do you need? Would it help you to talk about it? Period. You never have the right to go into someone's personal crisis and ask them details.
1: Right, and I think it also keeps us from... You know, sharing—you know—the code Gossiping, word prayer sharing, request. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, yes, I have, I have a prayer concern yeah, about so and so, and it ends up being oh, a gosh. gossip session. So, yeah, really important. Okay, so pat answers no. Curiosity driven ministry no. no. And then what's what's no. the third one?
0: The third one is be so careful who you when you're in a crossroad place, who you talk to. Better you talk to no one but God and sit alone then talk to the wrong person that will give you the wrong direction because when you're about to jump off a cliff you want um oh what's her name oh man, oh abigail only talk to abigail abigail mm-hmm. is in the bible david a man of god david had a right. moment of anger david was acting out of character david wanted to kill right. her husband for not feeding his army and her family And Abigail, the wife, comes out, and you only want Abigail's when you're like David in a moment of anger, emotion, the kind of emotion that will kill you, that kind of emotion, Mm -hmm. kill your life. Have you make a stupid choice? You never make choices on emotion. You experience life on emotion, big difference. But Mm. you want to make sure you have an Abigail, because what she said, David, I understand your anger. So you acknowledge the feelings of the person that's freaking out. Don't not acknowledge them. I can see why you're angry, David. You have every right to be angry. You protected our land, and my husband is a, an idiot, and he won't feed you and your army. However, David, is the the blood of my family worth your destiny? And he, he she sobered him. She sobered him out of that heavy heartache emotion, and he said, thank God he sent you today. You saved my future. And later, after her husband died, she, he got, to, she got to become one of his wives. Talk about a chick flick in the Bible. But yeah. my point is, isn't that cool? So your third thing is, I need an Abigail, God. Send me an Abigail because I feel like I am going to jump off a bridge. I feel like, you know, people that struggle with drinking or people that struggle with sex could feel love, whatever. I don't know. Everybody has their thing. Just You really need Abigail's when you're in that moment and you need to be an Abigail. So if someone you know is acting out of character, don't be like the parent that is harder on the good child and the bad child does one good thing and you have a party. Be uh, Abigail and you see a good godly leader or a good godly person or a good friend or a parent and they're going through a season of suffering. Be a good daughter. Be a good friend and remind them who they are. You are a daughter of the king. You are called of God. This is just a moment. You're going to get through it. You have every right to feel like you feel, but I'm not going to let you go do that stupid thing and destroy who you are. I'm going to stand like Abigail did in the way and of the devil taking you down while you feel out of control.
1: I think that's Absolutely. an excellent, excellent place to land, because while we're, you know, we've talked so much about the importance of, you know, the people who are speaking into our lives and discerning that, we also want to be those right people for the others. Amen. Like, if I'm, if I'm not the right person in somebody's life, you know, in that moment, speaking, whatever, I want to be aware of that, because I don't want to be a hindrance, just like I don't want that coming into my life. So, I think, you know, to ask God for discernment on both ends, on the receiving and the giving end.
0: Yes. And you are an Abigail every day, I can tell.
1: Well, I thank you for that. I you know, I I don't know about every day, but I, I know that is my desire and you know, if I if I go off the deep end I got Jesus bringing me back. So We thank all go you.
0: Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> thank you God. No, no. Remember the first part of Messiah is mess. Right. There's a reason. For oh, that. I M. love that.
1: <laughs> that's good. That's I think that's your next book. So I think um, that's your, no, I think that's your book to
0: go with your misfit. That's not
1: my book. Oh, I
2: that's your okay. right. God gave you that um, title.
1: All right, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down. Well, um, my friend, so let's uh let's I tell people how you. they can find you. Oh, my gosh. yeah, no, you I can you All now, right. If
0: you've been listening to this podcast, and I want you to encourage this beautiful daughter of the king, because, you know, I think it's so easy to hear her beautiful voice and her joy to want to help and serve and have people touch. So if you just join me in praying over her, if you've been blessed by this podcast, that we just come into agreement for this princess, this daughter of the king that has stepped out on the water just to minister to your people. And I just pray for a double portion of grace and anointing and for new shows and new books and new topics and all the things. God, that you have for her future, and that nothing would hinder them. I pray for us that are listening to her. I thank you for what she has done for the kingdom work, and God, I just pray you continue to give her kingdom connections and anointing in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Okay, it's a good thing it's a radio show that you don't see. Like I'm almost ugly crying right now, but um, Sherry, thank you. It's easy thank to you so find much.
0: Yeah. Hisprincess dot com. HisPrincess.com.
1: HisPrincess.com. Yeah, so look, look
0: her up. At HisPrincess.com and, and they can find me there and then uh, they'll find everything they need to know there or they can go to HisRoyalFamily.com.
1: Right, both of them funnel back to the same place. I yes. think I tried that same out. Place. Yep. I tried right. it out. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Alright, so I feel like I probably said the word wow, or at least I was thinking it a whole lot in this conversation, but hey, when the wow fits, just lots to think about. That's all I'm saying, friends. In fact, you might want to go back and re-listen. I know I'm going to. The woman's got wisdom. In fact, you might want to go check her out at hisprincess.com or hisroyalfamily. Take your pick where you can get her latest book his princess everyday devotional and you can do things like tune into her podcast watch coaching videos it's one-stop shopping over there and i know we'll be hearing more from her in the future because after all she is our auntie rose now and auntie rose always has a home with us here on our aisle and yeah by the way you do too so don't forget to follow us on the Isle of Misfits, that's I-S-L-E of Misfits For some reason, I keep getting these amazing guests like Sherry with amazing things to say. Must be the favor of God. So stay tuned because there's more amazement coming. Really, you're not going to believe it, but it's true. In the meantime, own your amazing awkward. Love them amazing misfits and be amazed by the truth and beauty that's all around you.